0: May uh, the words I speak and the words we hear be your words of life to us, our God. Amen. You want to put the first picture up? <coughs> I was trying the eyebrow thing, but it just wasn't working. So, this week is Te Wiki o Te Rau Māori. Uh, Mahuru is the month we're in at the moment. And um, we use Te Rau Māori in our services. Uh, and I had preached a couple of times about why I think that's important but I thought today rather than me preaching again I, we would have a conversation about that so I'm going to invite you to have a conversation with your neighbours and I have three questions you might have to kind of move to find some neighbours um, so the three questions is why might it be important to use Te Roa in our services that's the first question the second question is what frustrates you about that and the third question is what brings you joy about that? So, why is it important? What frustrates you? What brings you joy? So, I invite you to turn around and talk to your neighbours for a few minutes about those three questions.
1: Alright. you like to
0: finish up what you're saying? So... Why might we use te Reo Māori in our services? Any ideas? It's beyond you, Janice. Okay. Well, you'd better listen and hear what other people have to say then.
1: <laughs> Save the language.
0: Save the language? So that's in part what te reo, te reo Māori is about, is preserving the language in this country. There is nowhere else in the world it's spoken. It survives here or it doesn't. So... That's, that's the first thing. What else? Why else would we use it here?
1: I, I have found over the years, and it has taken years, and I, is that because the words to, of, the, of our service are very
0: familiar to me,
1: I'm starting now to recognise words that come up regularly. Yep. And I think it's through that exposure on a regular basis with things that are familiar and even... Well, it's much easier to learn the language with song. So, if you're singing hymns with the, the same language, you
0: know the same meaning, but in a different language, is an opportunity yeah. to become more familiar. Um, it's not the best way of doing it, I've obviously. A class would be better, but it's definitely. I like can feel in myself my whole brain is starting to become more accepting of these strange, the strange, music they become much less strange. Yeah. yeah. I think that
1: this church has such
0: a Maori background that it needs to be preserved. Yeah. Somehow yeah. So just, It, it honours honors our, our, our history as a church. church. It is. Uh, and I mean it goes further than that, it honours our history as a diocese. So our diocese was entirely Maori apart from the bishop and one or two priests when it began, and the first two synods were entirely in Toreau Māori, and apart from two people, were there was only Māori at those synods. Um, the land wars changed that, but uh, and then the Ho-Ho um, fights, but up to that point we were a Māori church in this part of the world, and the first Anglican church in this land was entirely Māori. So all the services, all the kōrero, all the readings, all the hymns were in Te Rau Māori. And it reminds us of that history. That, you know, we keep thinking of ourselves as a Hāka church, as an English church. Actually, in this country, we were a Māori church. And the settlers came later and didn't want to, ta- didn't want to join them. said, oh no, we're not going to use that language. We'll build our own churches. So if you go to Ōtaki. There's Langeatea, which is one of the great Māori churches, and right next door is the Pākehā Settler Church, so they didn't want to go to that Māori church. So, we had a lunch and did things separately. There was
1: a hand up here. Like, uh, respecting what happened, what is it?
0: Yeah, it is part of that. Peter? Inclusiveness. Yeah. It's not it Inclusiveness. Mostly, but there are Maori who come. Yeah. So Mihi comes, she's here every nearly every eight o'clock. Uh, and she talked about this morning what it means for her to hear Tura Maori in the services. And I've got to say we use a lot less at eight o'clock than we do in the service. So even that little bit we use at eight o'clock. Any other things? It's a funny we can't have uh, the English version and the Maori version so that we would
1: could sort of learn it, you know, without having to try and learn the language yourself.
0: We would soon get to get it, I think, if we could have the two. Okay, and we do. So, in the prayer book, in the prayer book, the prayer book do the do prayer work, work, side by side, side. The so the bits that I use are always translations. I don't use the bits that are translations. Uh, on the hymn, generally we do have, have them. So, I look, I saw that hymn today, and there was no English translation, and you're right, there should have been. And I'm not sure, I don't know. If, I'd like
1: to sing if you don't. Like, yeah, I, I agree with that. There should thing. have been an English
0: translation. And I'm not sure why there wasn't. I need to go back and look at Laurie's things. But, well, no, Laurie set, <laughs> no, no, um, set up a bank of him. Didn't think I
1: that
0: out No, you didn't say that out loud. But Laurie set up a bank of powerpoints and... Um, mostly they do have the English translation, I need to find out why that one doesn't and put, put it in. So thank you, that was a good reminder. It's
1: like every language, John, that unless you've a grounding for it, it's hard to get your time around some of the words. It is. Been, uh, absolutely. If you could answer the service, just give one word and the definition of it, but yeah. it's easy to go down. Yeah. Kids that quite quickly, but at our age, learning a new language is difficult, difficult. of the brain, but it is difficult. i not and so well. Yeah, and that's really helped us a lot too. Your speaking Helps us as
0: well. Gives us inspiration to learn it. as well. So, Bonnie. Bonnie. Yeah. So, Bonnie. So, Bonnie. and their culture. So if we don't even try, then we're always looking through our own eyes at everything. But if we try and use some of the language, because some of the things, the way they describe things, are quite different from how we describe things, but it helps us understand their perspective and what's important. Um, oh, Marion? I feel very much that this is on special
1: sacred ground. We combined with Māori and Takao. And all the meetings we have together are just so nice and they're
0: friendly. Yep.
1: Um, and all the
0: things, and I think they respect us and we respect them. And for, and for us to be able to use Turao Māori when they're here, we need to have practised it beforehand, otherwise it will be quite shambolic. And, and because we do use it reasonably regularly, we actually do use it pretty well, and they appreciate that. They appreciate that we are familiar enough with it that we can engage both when they come here and when we go to the services. So, uh, like, I, there are there are a lot of people in the church who say, say, why don't, why don't the Parker and the Māori churches meet together more? Uh, but when we do meet together, there's an assumption we'll only use English. Um, you know, like if we are going to meet together we actually yeah. have to use
1: all
0: yeah, no, but the, the assumption is that we will just use English from the parkour side from many of those who say why don't we do stuff together, in fact when we join together there needs to be a use of both languages, so when all saints come here in about a month's time we'll use Māori and English and mm-hmm. I have to say also, if you're going to go to a diocesan event, so Cliff and I are synod next weekend, they're the Lord's Prayer will be in Torah Māori. Um, there will be quite a bit of Torah Māori used during the services that we that we do there. So if you're going to go to a diocese and event, you've got to be vaguely familiar with the language. Otherwise, you're going to be left out, really. So that's just within our own context. Um, so frustrations, not having the translations, that's a that's a fair one. Um, helping with the um, understanding the words, I think that's a good idea. If there are any other frustrations. The pronunciation. So there's a little thing that I can give you that the vowel sounds are always the same, not unlike a lot of other languages which keep flicking around all over the place. The vowel sounds are always R for A, Air e for E. So think of your leather belt, air, e, not A, it's air. E. Uh, the I is an E. The O is OR. And the U is oo. And if you use those vowel sounds, and if you say it slowly enough, you will always say the word right. Uh, another little trick is uh, AU, which we pretend to say, Ow, no one's in pain. So if you're tempted to go, Ow, no one's in pain. Think of your toes. If you've got sore toes, it's problematic. But it's O. AU is O. So it's far no. So just think of those kind of things and those little tricks, and you will soon have those things underway. And I have been amazed, so I embarrassed Shirley Scott this morning, but over the last few years, I've kind of did some of that stuff at our prayer circle on Thursday mornings, and we used Te Rau Māori at our Thursday morning services. And her pronunciation of the language has improved amazingly. It was pretty bad when I first got here. I used to cringe when, like I said this, so she knows I think this. I used to cringe when she was on prayers at the end of the month, because the end of the month is always when we have the Māori Māori rohi up, and I would just sit there and go, I really need to do something about this. But she has worked on it, and I'm confident now when she is on prayers at the end of the month that it's going to be reasonably accurate. You know, it's a little bit of glitchy stuff, but it's okay. We all make mistakes. So, it just takes practice. Um, so our readings today, I have one other comment. Our readings today, Do you want to put the next one up, which is uh, about the, the the first two stories that Jesus tells in response to grumbling from scribes and Pharisees, because Jesus is spending time with tax collectors and sinners. And so the three stories are the the lost sheep, the lost coin, and then the third story, we, which we heard in Lent, so it's been kind of cut out of its context, was the story of the father who had two sons, or the prodigal son, or the story of the lost sons, because they're both lost. So, I mean, they're, they're interesting stories because our sentence today talked about repentance, and we, because of that we think that the stories are about repentance But no one repents in the story. It's very hard for a coin to repent. I repent of being lost. No, there is no repentance. The sheep probably regrets getting lost, but repents, that's a big word. The shepherd and the woman probably regret that they lost the coin and the sheep, but they don't repent. Like, I lost my passport on Friday. I was a little annoyed. I was a little frustrated, I regretted that I lost my passport, but at no point did I repent of losing my passport. And I felt great relief, and I found it again. So, after the police rang me. Um, well, actually, I knew where I was going. I knew where it was. But yeah. Um, so, in terms of the normal understanding of repentance, which is, I am sorry for the bad way that I am living, and I will turn my life around and live in a better way. Um, if Jesus had been doing that, the Pharisees and the scribes would not have been upset about him. He would have been their hero. That's what they wanted to see happen. They wanted to see people, tax collectors and sinners, turn their lives around and live according to Torah. Jesus clearly wasn't doing that. And didn't. Like if you read the stories in the Gospels, at no point does anyone repent. They come to him and say, can you heal me? And he says, okay. Okay. Your sins are forgiven, but they don't repent as we understand it. So it's not about that. So what's Jesus doing with them? Well, he's just treating them like people. And he was seeing them as people, and conversing with them as people, and eating with them as people. Not so that they would repent, not so that they would change their ways, not so that they would see him as their lord and saviour but just he spent time with them as people and because of that there was joy in heaven he was honouring them as he ate meals with them and he was taking them seriously as people now there's no mention in any of the gospels that the tax collectors and the sinners mostly changed their way of life at all And yet he spent time with them, as he did with Pharisees and scribes, as he did with rich people, as he did with poor people. He treated them all as people. So how do we, so the question then is, who is it that we're not seeing? So the scribes and Pharisees could not see the sinners and tax collectors as people. They were They were bad, they needed to change their ways, and until they did that, they would have nothing to do with them. That's why they were grumpy, because Jesus was spending time with them. So who is it that we don't see, is one of the questions. And the second question is, how do we see the people of this land, Māori people, Ngāiwi, Aotearoa? And how do we acknowledge their peopleness? Well, one of the ways we do that is by using their language, by acknowledging them by the use of tarao. And when we do that, that brings joy. Mihi talked about the joy she feels when she comes to church and hears the very small amount of tarao Māori that gets used at 8 o'clock, and the joy she feels seeing how much we have improved over the years, and how that honours her and her people. So when we use toroa Māori, it might be a struggle, it might be hard work, but actually it means that we can, it helps us see people, it helps us understand their tikanga, their way of life, their culture, and well I would hope that brings joy to us. So I would always hope, despite the struggles, that there is joy in the way we use the language. So, we are now, I'm really going to push you, we're going to do and we're going to do a on pokémon, which will be a lot better here than it was at 8 o'clock, because we hardly ever do it there, and there was sighing. But that was alright. So we're on page 481. And this is not a translation of what's on the other side of the page, so I'm just going to quickly talk about it. So the first block is about God... God the Father assumed... Kōkui, uh, e tapu... You are the holy God... Te tino tapu... The great God... So the mana... That's the honour... The kind of... Um, yours is the mana... The ihi... That's the kind of... When, when Māori are doing a haka... Um, they are full of ihi... So that's what that's being talked about here... Um, uh, so... I mean basically it's just saying that God is everything, the world, the Maori, that is the life force, Tahi Maori ora. the life order is life. Um is all, you are all, Rangi is sky, Whenua is land, you are always God. Kokwe Tonu Tatua. So the next one, Kokwe to Maramatonga Ao, is you are the light of the world. Maramatanga is light, o is world. Te, koe I e te poi. Te po. you shine in the darkness So Christ is the light that shines in the darkness You are eternally the Son, Jesus Christ He po toko manawa The toko, toko manawa is the central po in a meeting house It is the pole that holds the whole up, house up You take that pole away, everything falls down so it's saying that Christ is the central pole of creation, and everything is built around Christ. That's an amazingly beautiful image. And then the next one is about the tapu being um, the stick that the speaker has, the stick that is kind of gives mana. Ko koe oranga nako nako is heart. And ora, oranga, that is the life-giving heart. You are our life-giving heart. You are always God. Glory to you. So we are going to say this uh, with all the amazing imagery that is in there.
1: Ko te tapute Ti no No Mori Te Maori Nō no te katoe, te rangi, te whenua, kō ko koe tōnu Te Aja Kō koe te maramatanga Kō te Aja I koe i uro toi Kāpūtāketo tamatuko Pīpūtāki E pōtokumanoa mō tōnu te tāku Da ko